Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 29. On today's episode, I have a pioneer in the recovery community. I chat with Taryn Strong, the co-founder of She Recovers. So Taryn, alongside with her mom, Dawn, they orchestrate the most out-of-this-world, beautiful retreats, conferences, and pop-up events for women in recovery. Taryn shares her personal recovery journey with us today, and to be honest, I was shocked at all the twists and turns, and let me just tell you, if you think you know, you have no idea. Taryn's story is great. So, without further ado, let's get into it. If you've been watching my stories on Instagram, you would know that I've been feeling super lethargic lately. So, after going to my doctor, I started taking probiotics. But not just any probiotics. I am not a fan of pills. So I opted to go with Good Belly, and it was a perfect fit. Not only does Good Belly have 20 billion probiotics in it, it is in a juice form, and it tastes amazing. It's vegan, it's dairy-free, it's organic, and I have noticed a total improvement in my energy. You know, they say that the, the gut is your second brain, so you might as well give it something good. And the best part is, you can check them out online or in any grocery store. So, do your second brain a favor and check out Good Belly. Hey, Taryn, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm so stoked to talk to you. Like, I'm a huge fan of She Recovers and, like, a mutual friend of ours got us in touch, Casey. Um, so I'm just like, so stoked to just sit down and have a convo with you and pick your brain. Yeah, absolutely. It's an absolute (laughs) honor. And I've been watching what you're doing and thank you so much for creating such great content and such inspiring, um, podcast. It's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. So, you know, I just wanted to jump right into it and I want to know all about you, your recovery story, your background, where you grew up, like. Can you just kind of like set the stage of like where it all began for us, for you, for you and yeah, for us? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So okay. um, Cole's notes, I guess, of the story, because all of our stories are so long, hey? There's there's so many twists yeah. and turns. But I was born, I'm Canadian. I was born in Whitehorse, yeah. Yukon. Yeah. And then oh, I actually grew up in the prairies. <laughs> I'm real Canadian, eh? Um, but yeah, so I'm Canadian. Exactly. I know all about the seasons and I grew up, um, are you, where are you now? 
Uh, I live in LA. Yeah, right. That's so cool. Nice. Yeah. Good one. I'm not West as Coast. Canadian as you are, but yeah, like you're, you're That's hardcore. Okay. I still like you. It's okay. <laughs> we love our American friends. We have so many. Um, oh, I am not so, fully on. I'm not committed to America, but yeah, I'm exactly. very, very proud of my Canadians. <laughs> Absolutely, we're pretty cool people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so my parents were were drug addicts, and oh. they this is this is back in the eighties, and they were actually okay. drug dealers as well. So the first few years of my life, I don't. I mean, I remember some things, but not, but not a lot, of course, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But for, from what I hear and energetically, what I know is the first like zero to four of my life was pretty, pretty volatile and pretty chaotic. My parents, yeah. I love my parents, like dearly. I have the best relationships with my parents, which you'll, I'm sure you already know, especially my mother, but my parents, yeah. I love them that they they did the best they could and the best that they were doing at the time but mm. yeah i had addicted parents right right at the start right out of the gate and yeah. at the age of 4 um my mother entered into recovery i guess my parents entered recovery and so okay. i actually did grow up in a home uh, a recovery home and what my mom chose for her recovery path at that time and keep in mind this is in the 80s so there wasn't mm-hmm. that many options but she did go to treatment okay. and she did use a 12 step program and still does she's been in 12 step cool. program for decades as well as my stepfather who just celebrated 30 years clean yesterday which is like almost Whoa. my entire life super cool that's, right that's amazing awesome i know so proud so yeah. and he his his program is 12 step program so anyways okay. i grew up my actual like the memories that i really remember my childhood memories that i really remember my earliest ones are actually 12 step meetings and going to 12 step campouts and that type of thing um, we don't have a really big family. So my family growing up and to this day are the, you know, my parents sponsors and my parents sponsees. So I grew up in a, in a 12 step environment and okay. you, you would think like a lot of people are always really surprised to hear that I did take my own path of addiction, mm-hmm. but you know, that's, that's just how she goes. So the first time I yeah. Try to substance. It was the day before my 13th birthday. I got drunk. I got that two liter of growers. Is growers a Canadian thing? <gasps> like a two liter of yes. a cooler. Grape flavored, Dude. I think. Yeah. Yes. Right. I was like all about oh. the raspberry. <laughs> yes. That was my childhood drink. Yes. At the oh ripe age God. of almost 13, like the day before my 13th birthday. So that was the first time I got drunk. Now, Here's a little bit more context to me as a, as a child. I was a dancer, a competitive dancer. I was an honor roll student. I was a pianist. I, yeah, I was like this little nerd who just kind of played piano and danced competitively and loved school and loved learning. And, um, which is cool now. I wasn't the one they expected. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, nerds are are where it's at. Exactly. So I, um, and I loved that, but what happened was the first time that I drank, I felt this, um, this confidence that I had never felt before. Like it gave me this, 
it's, yeah, it was this false sense of confidence. I felt for a very, very, like very short amount of time under the influence, I felt um, very confident and I felt outgoing, which mm. at that time in my life, I was not outgoing and whatever. I was 12 years old, right? So right. all of a sudden I had this, I got connected to this false sense of, of confidence. And then very quickly, you know, projectile vomited for hours and passed out. And like, it, it was gross. It was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> but for the next few years, I was chasing that, that confidence that I would, that fleeting moment of confidence I would have before the, the puking mm. and everything else would follow. So for about three years after that, I was experimenting with alcohol and, and pot and cigarettes. And still, here's the thing. My parents were in recovery and, they are very um intuitive people and mm-hmm. i when i would be doing these things i was very sneaky about it i would always make sure i was staying at a friend's house and um yeah i was just really good at hiding it from my parents um but okay. then at age 16 i well throughout these years i was thinking to myself that you know the pot and the booze wasn't doing it for me i always mm. had this i was obsessed from a young young age with rock and roll and especially 60s rock and roll so I always had this like idea in my mind that I was going to be this like sexy groupie and the the (laughs) marijuana (laughs) so weird but the marijuana and I totally thought you were going to say something else (laughs) no that's what I thought that's where I went so I I thought thought, you were going to go rock star (laughs) no no I wasn't going to be the rock star I was going to be the girl on the arm of the rock star but oh, when I was using pot and alcohol, I would just get really sick. Like I wasn't good at it. So I knew at a young age, I'm like, you know what? I really want to know what that cocaine is all about or those harder party drugs. I was always yeah. fascinated with them because those were my parents' drugs of choice as well. So I was always, okay. it was, you know, so taboo. So I was always like, what is it? What's the big deal about this cocaine? So when I was 16, mm-hmm. I got my driver's license. None of my friends were doing hard drugs, but 16 year old Taryn, some like, I don't even know how I did it, but I was able to source the dealer, get myself some cocaine because I had a driver's license now so I could drive and, and I did it. And I remember the, I did, I did find a friend who would do it with me. So I would have a kind of partner in crime and and I remember doing it and just saying out loud, oh, my God, I'm in love. It was everything that I was seeking. It gave me that outgoingness. It gave me that energy. And, you know, these are all fake things. They are all false things. But right. I fell in love and quickly, very, very quickly became addicted. So I started, I needed really to help support my habit because it's an expensive habit. And I'm 16 years old working at a clothing store in retail. So I started dating the, um, the, a drug dealer. He was 17. Oh, naturally. I started dating him as you do, as you do. Yeah. And for a very, 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 very short amount of time, you know, what I was loving was I was losing weight, which because I wasn't eating, mm, which is a competitive right. dancer. And as a 16 year old girl with huge body image issues, this was like, Hey, yeah, right on. I'm losing weight. I know like, I don't have an appetite. Heaven Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it was giving me for a little tiny half a second, it gave me energy. So I was still, I was still doing the school thing. I was still dancing. I was still doing piano that lasted for a very brief moment because then I actually stopped dancing. I stopped 
um, going to stop going to school. Really, I stopped showing up for work. And my parents, the way that they found out that all of this was going on is I lived in a very small town in Alberta. And my mm-hmm. mom was at the grocery store in the cashier lineup. And the cashier said, um, Don, do you know that your daughter Taryn is dating a crack dealer and like doing a lot of drugs? And my mom, what? she had no idea. That's how good I was at hiding and lying. <gasps> so that's how my mom found out. Oh, it sucked. So obviously, um, you know, the, it was, I, it's kind of fuzzy to be honest, but mm-hmm. that time in my life, but, um, there were consequences, but I kept just not respecting them. And eventually what I had to do didn't have to, what I chose to do was I ran away with my 17 year old crack dealing boyfriend. Hmm. And, um, things, things got really scary really quickly, right? Like we were Uh basically spending most of our time in really dodgy hotel rooms because he was just kind of entering more of the gang scene of Edmonton, Alberta. And, and things got really scary. And I had that moment where higher power, call it what you want, spirit. Somebody came through, the situation happened and I was like, holy fuck, I got to get out of here. And I was fortunate enough to know that. Although I knew I was going to be in a lot of trouble, I knew Mm -hmm. it was okay for me to go home. I knew my parents were pissed because they didn't know if I was dead or alive. They couldn't find me. They didn't know where I was, but they, but I knew, I knew I could go home and that things were going to be okay. So when I went home, yeah, totally so much trouble grounded for life, but they got me into (laughs) therapy. I was seeing two therapists. I was, I was going to 12 step programs at that time. Um, and then I finished, finished grade 11. I wasn't allowed to finish it at school with my friends because I couldn't be trusted, but I did finish it through correspondence just at home. So then for a few years, um, and I was being drug tested all the time and blah, blah, blah. But I got back on track. Like my parents, it was a very grueling process. Like I'm kind of speeding through this part of the story, but, but I got back on track with a lot of help and with a lot of support from my family and the recovery community that we had and everything. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't use for a few years. I never identified as being in recovery. I never identified as being a sober person. I just didn't do it anymore. It just didn't appeal to me until my twenties when a lot of things were going on. My mom had cancer, thought we were going to lose her. Um, I was, you know, I was living with my sister and my cousin and we were just these girls in our twenties and we were just doing what we thought girls in your twenties do. You binge right. drink on the weekends and, and a few times during the week. That is just what you do. We lived in Edmonton, right. Alberta, and that's just what we did. So I did start drinking again. I realized now it was I was self-medicating um my mom having cancer and thinking we were gonna lose her because it just lines up perfectly with the timing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I just, I just kind of thought I was doing what other people were doing. And I always in the back of my mind compared, I was like, you know, Taryn, as long as you're not doing cocaine or meth, because I forgot to mention the cocaine addiction turned into meth, uh, meth addiction. So I always thought you're just drinking, you're not doing coke, you're not doing meth, you're totally fine. Go on, keep continuing on with your life. That happened for a few years. And then I, you know, I fell in love with yoga and I wanted to start teaching yoga and, and I fell in love and I got married. So again, I stopped drinking. I never said out loud I'm in recovery because I never identified as it. Um, but it just, again, I just stopped. I was able to stop. It didn't appeal to me. Um, and I was also at this time, 
mom and I had started She Recovers. So I identified as a normie and I would, and I just, you know, I knew I had that addiction from when I was in my teens and I knew I was codependent and I had trauma and blah, 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 self-harm and all these things. And then right. my marriage ended and the marriage, the marriage was really, it was short and it was sweet. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have got married, but I was just kind of doing, we, we, we didn't know each other for long enough for us to get married. But when our marriage right. ended, I felt so ashamed and I was so embarrassed. And so mm-hmm. what happened after that was I'm now, I'm in my twenties still okay. and I'm finding myself single. I'm living by myself for the first time in my life. So what do I do? Well, this is when I was introduced to Tinder. Y'all heard of Tinder down oh. in America? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. I think this is yeah. We kind of invented know. it. <laughs> ah, there you go. So I'm yeah. I'm newly single, and I'm like, oh my god, terrified of loneliness. Like being alone was yeah. terrifying, and what the hell? So I got I got the Tinder, and I okay. started just like going on dates and binge drinking and going out with my single girlfriends and just like going a little crazy. And then, um, you know, one time at one of these parties, somebody busted out the cocaine and Mm -hmm. I, there I I was drunk. I didn't have any barriers, right? It it was there, that veil Mm -hmm. was way too thin and I indulged. And then that took me down a very quick spiral. I shouldn't say spiral. Because it wasn't, maybe it wasn't that quick. It could have been quicker, maybe. Anyways, long story short, I quickly became addicted again. Now, I wasn't Mm. using all day, every day, like I did when I was 16. I was binging on the weekends, sometimes during the week. Also keep in mind, I have a business with my mother called She Recovers. And I teach yoga for recovery. And the goddamn yoga for recovery teacher is doing blow and MDMA and anything else she can get her hands on on the weekends. But I kind (laughs) of, I had this rule for myself. I told myself, as long as I don't teach the next day, as long as I give myself some time to kind of straighten out, and as long as yeah. I give myself like a few weeks before a retreat, it's okay. And because yeah. I sent, set up these rules for myself that I was actually able to follow, I thought I didn't have a problem. And again, when people oh would ask God. me, oh, hey, what are you in recovery from? Do you drink or whatever? I never lied to anybody. The only person I was lying to was myself. And I, because I genuinely right. believe this. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, no, no, I drink. I'm a normie though. You know, it's all good. I seriously thought that. And then it was one day a boyfriend at the time was like, dude, you've got a serious problem. You're like scary. And you need to tell, like, talk to your mom about this. And if you don't, I think I will, because this is this, this, you're not an integrity and it's like, you're just scary. And I was Whoa. so, uh, I was so mad at first, right? Because truth hurts. Yeah. Right? The, who, I think it's Gloria Steinman who says the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. So at first <laughs> I was just like, totally. Fuck you. You're my party buddy. Yeah. Like, who are you to tell me that I'm crazy and yeah. have a problem? But, you but he was right. Me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm insulted. Go drink by yourself. <laughs> so I, um, that was my like aha aha moment wake up call and then i was like mm. okay fine well i'll show you and i'll just stop and then i couldn't like i i couldn't oh so what i realized i had to do was i had to well i got myself back into therapy and then i had to realize i realized i had to like 
get it off my chest because what was really happening was I wasn't in integrity and I was living this double life. And I would always joke and say, oh, I'm a Gemini. There's the party side of me and then there's the yogi side of me. But really it was Mm -hmm. causing a lot of internal um, grief and a lot of heaviness and a lot of mental space. So it was actually on one of our She Recovers retreats in a sharing circle where I was like, hey, ladies, I know I'm here facilitating and holding space, but I actually need to tell you something because I need you to hold space for me because this is what's been Mm -hmm. going on. And I was able to be honest and get it off my chest. And I cannot tell you the freedom that that'll be three years ago in April, the freedom that I have from that and, and being sober since then, because I, I had my community. I didn't, I wasn't living this double life anymore. I was, I freed myself and then I had the support from the women, um, which is what I needed before yeah. I was hiding. So, so that's, um, so now I, you know, I have, I have a few therapists. I use yoga. I'm not active in a 12 step program, but I love, okay. like I love 12 step programs. Um, but I, yeah. I don't, I go to meetings, but I don't, well, I shouldn't say that I'll go to celebrate birthdays sometimes, but it's not yeah. really an active part of my it's not recovery, a regular but, thing. No, but I have a really amazing like patchwork of recovery that um, that is just evolving all the time, and I'm so grateful for this this journey. Wow, it wouldn't change a thing. Oh. Yeah, I okay. I had no idea that was even close <laughs> to your story. I thought like you and your really? mom were just like sober and like you know doing this whole thing together. I had no clue about that. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't that? And yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's interesting, like listening to your story, how, you know, some things were kind of like situational. And then at the end, when you realize you couldn't stop, like, I guess that's when it, I mean, I, I, I don't like the term rock bottom, but like, would you describe that as your rock bottom or like your, your turning Yeah. And thanks. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Cause that's, that's a good yeah. thing to mention. I do consider that I have had two bottoms in my life. And okay. one of our kind of guiding principles and intentions in She Recovers is that we don't have to hit rock bottom to pursue recovery in any area of our life. And when yeah. I look at my journey, when I was 16, I hit a hard bottom. I, I was going to die or end up on the streets. Like it was there, there was, there was a bottom. I was losing everything. I lost everything at 16. And when I, in my adult life, my bottom, I didn't, I didn't lose anything. Like I, I had a job, I had a career I loved. I had Mm -hmm. a house, I had friendships, but, um, so my bottom was a lot higher. You know what I mean? It would have, I would have ended up in the same place eventually. Like there was no, like, it's just, there was no way I could have sustained that. Um, but my bottom, my bottom was higher, but I still consider it a bottom. And especially the way I consider a bottom is, whatever like the, my environment was, it was how I felt on the inside. I was full of so much shame all day, every day. And all day, every day mm. I was trying to, con- like I literally, I would just spend my days trying to convince myself that this was okay behavior and that it was okay, even though that my intuition was telling me it was and I just wasn't listening. Um, but yeah, it yeah. was just, it was the emotional hangovers and the shame and not being able to be in integrity 
I can't even describe how that feels. It is the worst feeling in my life and I will never go back to that. I can, I can guarantee that I will not. No, I, I totally agree. Like that whenever you're not being authentic and like living your truth, it is so damaging. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol, they suck. It like really messes your body up, but those internal thoughts and those feelings like that is what gets you I mean that's what got me god oh that was the well that's just it and that's the cycle is I feel like a piece of shit because I did I I used or I drank and I said I wasn't going to so I feel like a piece of shit so I have to use the substances because I because that's going to help me just kind of numb out and forget about it for an hour or two but then that just starts the cycle all over again yeah and (laughs) I was just I really didn't think it would be possible to recover from the shame that I was feeling, but I can, Mm. I can say today to those of you listening that you do like, you just, you wake up one day and you're like, Oh wow, no, it's all good. I mean, it's not easy, right? It's not an easy path that we take when we recover. Waking up isn't easy. A numbing isn't easy, but to not be battling those demons, Oh, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Absolutely. Um, you seem so just like in your body and in your, your space and in your element right now, how did you kind of tap into your authentic self? Well, Ooh, I love that question. I think just getting to a place of being confident enough in myself. And what I mean by that, I guess, I mean, just loving myself enough Mm -hmm. to just, just to be myself and not give a shit what what anybody else thinks because I know who I am now. And I think for so long, I was trying so hard to fit into these molds of what I thought people expected me to be in Mm. in all in all contexts, like as a daughter, as a a sister, as a as a yoga teacher, as a she recovers co founder, you know, I I kind Mm. of, I thought that I had to um, have my shit together. And I so didn't. So I thought I had to pretend that I did. So when I was, when I was able to just let my masks and my guards down and just be honest with myself about who I am and vulnerable with everyone about who I am. Yeah. Just that authenticity and that comfort, it just naturally happens. And, um, and life is just in so much, it just flows. Like there's so much more grace and ease so as mm-hmm. I've been experiencing that in my recovery, it just inspires me to just keep keep doing what I'm doing. And we all have a voice in this space and we all have different things to offer. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, we all have our unique gifts and our unique medicine that our world needs right now. So just owning that and stepping into our power in that way is it's it's critical. Like we need to do it now. Yes. Absolutely. Um, how did you and your mom, how did she recover start? Like what is, where did that framework, like you guys are huge (laughs) now, like you guys are just blown up, but like in the early days, like how did it even come to be? Oh, totally by accident, my friend. It's such a funny (laughs) thing to look back on. So my mother uh-huh. Having, you know, dec- decades of recovery of substance use disorder. She's in recovery from like 
cancer and all sorts of things. She's an amazing woman. And she, she loves writing. She's a writer and she is also a workaholic. So Mm. she hit a wall with her workaholism and she had a four month stress leave from work. The doctor was like, dude, you are, you got to stop. We're giving you four months mandatory. You're not allowed to work. So in those four months, she realized what she loved doing is is writing. It's really healing and therapeutic for her. So this was in 2011. Okay. Um, so she started, she started a blog. This is when blogs were just appearing. And she started a yeah. blog called Recovering Dawn. And okay. she was just anonymous. I mean, it was called Recovering Dawn, but her picture, like, this is when recovery was still, and keep in mind with her 12-step background, recovery was still a little, you don't talk about it. You don't recover out loud. You're anonymous. Oh, yeah. If you're in, right? So in 2011, yeah. she had this blog called Recovering Dawn because she didn't, she also worked for government as well. So she didn't want anyone to know that she had this history of drug dealing and drug use because shame, right? Yeah. Um, so she was anonymously blogging and her blog was getting like women were resonating and reaching out to her and, and loving her message. And one of her main messages at that time was she was sharing how her experience with workaholism was actually quite close to her addiction to substances. The behaviors felt really similar, like the insanity mm-hmm. was quite similar. So she was kind of blogging about that. So many women were reaching out and being like, oh, my gosh, thank you for this. It totally resonates. But then the four months ended and mm-hmm. Dawn had to go back to work. And she was so now she's gone back to work full time and trying to blog every day because it was her daily practice at that time. And she yeah. realized quickly that that was her slipping back into her workaholism because writing a blog, as I'm sure a lot of, you know, it actually is a lot of, it's a lot of work. So she it was is. just realizing that, that it it's not, yeah, it was, it was too much working and blogging too much. So, okay. um, this, you know, the sweet little thing didn't know much about Facebook or anything. So I had said, well, why don't you start a Facebook page? Mm-hmm. And then you can just, this is what also when the meme, the inspirational memes were just, we're just starting to see them. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you just start a Facebook page? And you know, you can make some pretty little pictures and pretty little quotes and, and share your message there. Like just really, that can be your <laughs> daily practice and helped her set yeah. it up. And she realized at that time that she didn't want it to be called recovering Dawn because she didn't want it to be about her. She wanted it to be about women. So okay. she came up with the name she recovers. So she's, she's, so that was great. And that was perfect. And it became a place where we were sharing resource, like recovery resources and sharing recovery of all forms, not just substance use disorder. Cause our main thing is that we're all recovering from something. Exactly. So she's doing this. She's, you know, becoming a Facebook addict. You didn't hear it from me. But she's, <laughs> she's like falling down the vortex of Facebook. And at the same time, yeah. I, I had been teaching since 2007. Um, and okay. I was focusing my studies uh, at this time in 2011 on the recovery lens and getting okay. my training in the yoga for recovery. So then after that, after I became certified and felt more confident, uh, we had decided with a friend who lives down in Mexico, Sharon Lee, that we should do a yoga for recovery retreat for women in recovery. 
because at that time she recovers had a few like 2000 followers and we thought we were so cool. So we were like, Oh yeah, let's do a <laughs> retreat in Mexico. And it was a bucket list item. Like we were, yeah. our intention was just honestly, we, we all had jobs that we really like mom and I had jobs we really loved. And this yeah. was just our passion project. It was just for fun. So Amazing. we were like, yeah, let's do a Mexico retreat and then move on with our lives. And the day that that right. retreat ended, like we have, honestly, we had no intentions of doing another one. The day, the last day of that retreat in 2012, the retreat was 2012, half okay. of the women, so there were 20 women in the retreat. So nine or 10 of them handed wow. us checks and said, here's our deposit for next year. And no. we were like, oh, we didn't know, like, oh, we weren't, we weren't planning on doing it next year, but I guess we can. Okay. So that is that those are the roots and then what has happened over the past gosh it's eight years now is it's it's organically evolved and the way that it's evolving is it's a co everything we do we say because it's true is a co-creation with the women in our community they're telling us what they want and what they need and we're co-creating it with them so we're creating online experiences as well as offline experiences for women to connect, support, and empower each other. So right. in our social media, we have over like 300,000 women. Um, we have, we do about, gosh, eight to 10 retreats a year. We have, um, we do also, yeah, we do our conferences like we did in LA and New York. We're doing one in Miami in 2020. We do yeah. workshops and events like smaller one day ones. We have a recovery coach program so women can become certified. She recovers, yo uh, sorry, she recovers recovery coaches. I have online yoga. I'm also, I've launched a she recovers yoga teacher designation program. Um, we have a nonprofit wow. that we just launched that we're so excited about. So it's honestly, I could go on and on, but it's just, it's evolving organically and we had yeah. no, this was, we never had, this was never the idea. So we're just going right. with it. We're just going on for the ride. Every day we, we ask ourselves, are we crazy? But we just keep, keep going, <laughs> keep trucking. <laughs> so it's awesome. Oh though. It's so God. fun. It's so great. We have such an amazing team. We're so lucky. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah. I mean, that, that's you. how like businesses should be started out of like a passion. And if it happens, it happens. And I think the mm -hmm. way you guys, you listen to your, you know, your supporters and your, your clients and just people in the community. That is what keeps you alive. And that's what keeps you thriving and like bringing new levels to each event you guys do. Like, that's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I um, feel really, really lucky. What is your favorite part of She Recovers? Like, is it the conferences? Is it the retreats? What is your personal oh. favorite aspect? You know, that is such a hard question to answer because I love it all. But my purpose in this life, and I feel so lucky that I found it when I was so like young, when I was in my 20s, is... Mm -hmm whenever I get the opportunity to teach. So whether that's at the mm. conference and I get, luckily I get to teach it all the things we do. But yeah, when I am, when I'm holding space for women while I'm teaching in that capacity and I'm witnessing mm. them like surrendering and I'm witnessing them connect to their breath. I'm witnessing them having emotional breakthroughs that are like, you know, safe and supported. It's just, yeah. it is my greatest honor and privilege in this life. And that is my favorite part is 
is when I'm teaching yoga in whatever capacity, whether that's at the conference or at a retreat or online um, through my yoga membership. It's just, it's my jam. That is so sweet. I love that. What is the the Mm. difference between like regular yoga that you'd go to at a studio and recovery yoga? Is there anything that sets them apart? Totally. That's a great question. So um, yoga for recovery is a trauma informed style of yoga. So um, if you think of it, if, if someone has PTSD or, you know, recovering from trauma, there can be a lot of triggers. So what's really cool about this day and age is that if somebody is on this path of recovery or healing, their doctor or their therapist or somebody will be like, hey, you should you should go to a yoga class because it'll help you relax, which is true. But some if you just go to any old drop in yoga class and it's nothing, it's not the yoga teacher's fault, but there can be certain things that are said that are triggering um certain Mm -hmm. language that can be used and also hands-on adjustments can be really triggering so in a yoga for recovery class you there aren't hands-on adjustments you don't touch no there's no touching all the cues (laughs) are done verbally which is great and the language is really inviting and you know giving a lot of permission there's no commanding it's like i'm not i'm not the teacher and you're my student and i'm you're going to do everything i tell you to do there's a lot of exploration of see how this feels. And if it doesn't feel good, you know, giving lots of different options and lots of variations so that the class becomes this really um, a safe container for somebody to connect with themselves again. Because, you know, as we know, when we're in our addiction or alcoholism, we're, we're numbing out and we're, we're, we're just, mm. we're disconnecting. So the first step of a yoga for recovery class is just to simply connect with your body, which maybe you haven't done in, in, in who knows how long. And maybe you've disassociated because of trauma. So simply Absolutely. like literally feeling your physical body is so powerful. Totally. And then maybe you haven't felt your feelings for a really long time. Like you've been running from feeling your feelings or emotions. So in a yoga for or she recovers yoga class, you have mm. this, um, You've got the the foundation and then you have that that safe space to to feel your emotions and to explore them. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You don't have to be ready to feel them. But um, I guess long story short is it's just a really safe environment for you to explore your practice. And sometimes, honestly, women mm-hmm. will come to my classes or to the retreats. And their yoga, like they will just do shavasana or they will just do child's pose the entire time. Or they will just okay. come onto the mat and, and nap. And I give them permission to do it. And I encourage them to do it if that's what they need. And women yeah. do it and they never have any regrets. That is like to be able to have that permission just to come on their yeah. mat and just breathe for an hour is so yeah. powerful and so empowering. So I hope that's that answers. so cool. No, that's, yeah. I mean, that's such a great way of looking at it. Like whenever I'm like a total yogaholic and I go, like yeah. three to four times a week. And I've yes. never, I've never really like thought of doing child's pose or getting into Shavasana. I'm always like, so, you know, hyper-focused on like, oh, I need to hold this pose or I need to do that like harder, stronger, faster, better. But like, I guess because no one's really given me the opportunity. Exactly. And every day is different, right? Like for me yeah. in my yoga journey, when I first 
started yoga because I had my dancer background. I came on the mm-hmm. mat and I was like, I'm going to be the teacher's pet. I'm going to be the best. Like, look at me, everybody. I'm front and center. Look what I can do. And I was missing <laughs> the whole point. So when I, when I finally like got what yoga was all about and yeah. stopped being the teacher's pet, it was just, it was, it, then I got to drop into the spirituality and, and it was so beautiful. And in my classes, every class is a different theme. So it's recovery related because I mean, everything in life really can be recovery related, but you know, totally. every class in, in, in our yoga for recovery class, I'll offer, like I'll read a poem or, or something that I wrote, but every class has a theme. So we're getting in into stuff. It's not just, we're going to come move our bodies, which is great, right. but we're also, we're going to have a theme that we're going to drop into our hearts with. And mm-hmm. we're doing work in these classes, whether you're just in Shavasana the whole time, or you are moving, you're, you're tapping into the different layers. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so important. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Um, okay. So anyone listening to the, our conversation right now, who's like sober thinking of getting sober, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. Uh, my advice would be to reach out and to, um, because I think it's Laura McCowan who says you can't do it alone. And that's mm-hmm. so true. And like, you, we don't have to do it alone. So reach out to somebody right. and just, just, just saying, you know, oh, okay, I need some help with this is it's terrifying. Oh my gosh. It's so terrifying, but it is really yes. the first step. So finding some support, whether that's online or somebody locally to you. Um, yeah. First, first step is to get support. And then to explore what is going to work for you. Try all the things. Try a 12 step mm-hmm. meeting. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. Try a smart meeting. If that doesn't work for you, that's okay. Try meditating. Try, you know what I mean? Like try all, go, like go naked out of the moon and scream. Like, I don't know, do whatever you want to do, but <laughs> just start exploring, start listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um, and what I, what my, what I would say is, Find a patchwork that is holistic. So find resources and tools that are going to address your body, your mind, and your spirit. Like make sure that you're, you're moving your body, you're, you're drinking lots of water, you're like, take a look at your nutrition. You're, yes. you just, just make sure that I would say having a well-rounded approach is, is really, really crucial and really, really key. And sometimes I know for me in my journey, when I was 16, um, you know, I was doing the therapy and the 12 step thing, which was great. Mm-hmm. I was addressing my mind and my spirit, but the body piece was completely missing. And it wasn't until now that I've got all these different modalities where I'm moving, doing therapy and I'm doing yoga and all the different mm-hmm. things to address those things. It's just, it's wow. I've been able to go deeper in a much more gentle way. So reach out, try all okay. the things. And be gentle with yourself. Be super gentle with yourself. Routine. I find I had to go to bed early and yes. wake up early. Because if too. I didn't, um, yeah, that, that was really key for me. And that's something I would say is important. Yeah. Cool. Um, so where can people find you? So like you can go to our website. Yeah, totally. Our website is sherecovers.co. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Taryn Strong, T-A-R-Y-N, last name Strong, S-T-R-O-N-G. We also have um, 
Instagram She Recovers page. So it's she underscore recovers. Um, you're more than welcome to reach out. My email address is Taryn at she recovers.co. And yeah, I guess those are the best ways to find me. She recovers on Facebook. Easy. Awesome. Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you have lined up for 2019? What do you guys got going on? Oh, very exciting stuff. We <laughs> are, we're doing what we're calling the She Recovers Creating Connections Tour. So Ooh. we're going to launch it any day now. And okay. we are going to be going to seven different cities to do one day workshops. So we're going to Chicago first on April okay. 6th. And then I can't remember the dates off my head, but we're going to go to, so we're going to Chicago, Toronto, Vancouver, Brooklyn, San Diego, okay. Nashville. <gasps> and we're going to do that. So we're so excited nice. about that. And then my She Recovers Yoga Teacher designation program, I'm, my inaugural one is in October over here on Salt Spring Island. Um, on the West nice. Coast of Canada. So that's oh God, for women who have at least a 200-hour teacher training. Um, this is like a designation program that they can take. So the content is going to be focused on trauma-informed yoga and yoga for recovery and holding space for women and recovering okay. the chakras and that type of stuff. And then, of course, we have our retreats. So we have some spaces available in May in our Mexico retreats and um, in July on Salt Spring Island and those are the main things going on in 2019. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. just a, like a tiny bit busy. Not like, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, the other thing, that's exciting. When you love what you do, it's so exciting. But we're also, totally. I should tell you, we're going to, we're launching a podcast. We're going to have a little podcast as well. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's great. I know. Yeah. If you need any so I don't help, know when. let me know. I can definitely <sighs> help you okay. out with that. It's, thank it's you. a little bit scary, but it's not doesn't have to be. Okay, thank you. I will definitely take you up on that because we have Absolutely. no idea what we're doing. Oh yeah, I will I'll <laughs> thank you. let you know exactly what you need to do. Um, that is thank so you. great. Wow, I am so, I really want to go to Nashville and I've been saying this for a couple of months. I'm like, I, like I, need an, I need an excuse to go to Nashville. And I okay. just feel like really drawn to like the culture and just something different. And I totally want to come check out Nashville when you guys are there. Yes, I want you to come. It's going to be in August. That'd be fun. The first weekend okay. in August. And we're okay. um, we're collaborating with Sands Bar. Have you heard of Sands Bar? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, yeah, Nashville, we're going to have a really fun collaboration with, with them. So okay. I've never been. I'm super, super stoked to check I've it out. I've never been either. I've never been either. I no. literally just want to go and like listen to live music for like yes a <laughs> perfect i love like okay. music is my thing let's do it yes okay, cool. done me too um thank hey. you so much you are so lovely and thank you for sharing your story and i cannot wait to see what how the year unfolds i'm so excited for you guys yeah thank you so much and thank you for your support we really appreciate it and let us know what of we course. can do for you too okay thank you so much How lovely is Taryn? I love that. I love that not even meeting each other, we just have this, this connection, this support, this amazing system of women coming together. 
you know, we've all been through the same stuff. So why not come together and support each other? It's great. And I hope you get that from the Sober Girls Guide community as well. I wanted to take a second and read a really great message that I got the other day. This is via Instagram from Victoria. She says, hey there, I'm recently sober myself 100 days and just wanted to say I love what you're doing. It's so important and there's not enough light shed on this topic, but people like you are changing that and I love it. Well, I love you. Thank you, Victoria, for the kind words. And that's what it's all about. Getting the community together. We are stronger together. So if you're on Facebook or Instagram, check us out at A Sober Girls Guide. And don't forget to check out the blog, SoberGirlsGuide.com. That is where the magic happens, my friends. We have stories, how-tos, recent pop culture articles about sobriety and recovery. It is your one-stop shop. Also, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast, on Instagram, on the blog. Let us know what's up. Thank you guys so much for listening to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast. Have a great day. Bye.